Welcome to the All the Books Show, episode 230, where we talk book news, author news, and literary news. I'm Eric Mickles. I'm Nick Gunning. Today, we're going to the final frontier. Oh, I mean, a second time. I guess so. I thought you were going to say where no one has gone before, but your final frontier thing worked as well. Thank you. We have only done, believe it or not, uh, we only. <laughs> this is only our second episode dedicated I don't believe it! to a Star Trek franchise, but we are going to be talking specifically about Picard and the next generation because uh, the CBS All Access show Picard, which is debuting on January 23rd, 2020, and has already been renewed for a second season. Uh, is coming wow. up soon, so there's a lot of promotional things going on, a lot of new books and graphic novels uh, related to the series coming out. So we thought we'd do a deep dive into the next generation, talk about some of our favorite, uh, well, some of my favorite episodes mm. and books and mm. things, and uh, we'll see. It's funny. You say this is only our second time, but yeah. I, like any good uh, writer, yes. I think you've found many backdoor pilots well, for the Star Trek series. I do what I can. Uh, don't we have a Star Trek playlist on... Uh, we do, and actually, actually, thank you for bringing that up it's because like five or six yeah. episodes. If you look at, if you ever go to our SoundCloud page, uh-huh. so maybe you just subscribe to the podcast right. and some other app. But if you actually go to our SoundCloud page, SoundCloud.com/slash/all-the-books, mm-hmm. a lot of our like episodes are compiled into playlists. So, for example, we have a Star Wars playlist, <laughs> we have a Christmas episodes playlist, and we do have a Star Trek playlist mm. because we have interviewed many authors who Even have written. Even when we get like an author like Joe Haldeman, I was like, yeah. I'm going to ask him about the Forever War. I'm going to yeah. ask him all about this stuff. And you're like, right, but uh, when you were writing Star hey, Trek... <laughs> look, he opened up a lot That's on true. those... Joe Haldeman yeah. opened up a lot on those Star Trek questions, so... I know, it always blows your mind when you're talking to a Star Trek writer. He's like, yeah, and I was talking to Gene Roddenberry. I know, it's just, it's crazy. <laughs> and you're like, but, what? But yes, we do have a Star Trek playlist, which includes episode 48, All the Books Beyond, a Star mm. Trek spotlight we did with my brother, Steven, who guest starred in that episode. That was uh, all Star Trek. It was all Star Trek. Coming, coinciding really with the 50th anniversary yeah. of Star Trek and uh, Star Trek yeah. Beyond. That was actually the only thing Paramount did for their That's 50th the anniversary. The Have truth. us do that one episode. <laughs> but you can also, in that playlist or wherever you get your podcast, you can find our interviews with authors David Devorkin, Joe Haldeman, Mel Gilden, and most recently Alan Dean Foster. We talk a little bit about their Star Trek writings yeah. uh, in all of those interviews. So yeah, check us out at soundcloud.com slash all the books. Mm-hmm. And while you're on iTunes or whatever, go ahead and uh, give us a, a rating and review. Yeah, You hate when I say that, don't you? No. We need it. Important. We I know. need them. I know. All right. So we are going to be talking about the next generation a little later, but right now it's time to open Ooh. up the old books, find where the bookmarks are. Uh, I finished The Calculating Stars by Mary Rubinette. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Hugo Award winning book. Yeah. Um, you know what, too? Uh, last time I was complaining that I read Childhood's End. Yeah. Because I thought it was a Hugo winner, yeah. but I said no, it's a retro Hugo. Right? Uh, it's not. It was nominated for the retro wow. Hugo award. So it didn't even didn't even win. No. Two time loser. You read? I guess so. Is it, that I author? guess that's one way you can think okay. of it. Uh, look, the point is, I still enjoyed it. I'm glad I read that. I read the Calculating Stars. It's pretty good. It is, as I said, a um, alternate history uh, set in the 50s where a meteorite crashes to Earth and creates an extinction-level event, so we yes. got to get into space. Right. It's a lot of uh, hidden numbers uh, with the women Ooh. behind the scenes uh, and the main character trying to get an, become an astronaut, but it's the 50s and she's right. a woman, so right. things aren't easy. Uh, but it was pretty good. So I think near the end, I was like, I'm ready to move. I'm ready so for something they. to happen. <laughs> um, but yeah. Are you, is this a series you're going to follow? It's at least a trilogy, right? I mean, I, book, book two is out, and I, I want to say book three is in the works. I'm not sure if I'm going to pick up the second one anytime soon. Okay. Uh, but I'm glad I read this one. One of these days. Yeah. Okay. Um, bop, 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 bop. 
what else did I finish? I've read a whole bunch of X-Men comics. Okay. Uh, that's cool. That's part of this line. Uh, none that are really worth mentioning other than I kind of enjoyed the Jean Grey volume that I read. She got her own, the time really? displaced yes. Jean Grey. So yeah. the Jean Grey from the 60s, who's right. a teenager. Uh, her uh, The six issues I read were fun. So that's the cool. volume is just called I Jean really, Grey. I enjoyed the second series Fuel. from that. Mm, yeah. yeah. Well, Jean, I'm pretty sure this is like the first Jean Grey solo Jean? book ever to have a... Happened. That's when Cyclops found out that she was going to get her own book and yeah. was not going to be in the X Men book. Yeah. He'd be like, Gene? Yeah. Gene. <laughs> um, I'm also reading XCOM 2 Resurrection. This is a prequel to the game XCOM 2, which was a sequel to the reboot of the game XCOM Enemy Unknown. This is. And its expansion XCOM Enemy Within. It's a lot to take in, what you just said. Here's the thing. Okay. So, XCOM Enemy Unknown, you're fighting against aliens. Yeah. Uh, in the game, you can win and you can defeat the aliens. XCOM 2, the game, uh, treated it like you lost in mm-hmm. that game. So now the aliens have taken over. So now you're like a rebel uh, group. And so this book is kind of explaining what happened in between those in between those two mm-hmm. things. So it's cool. Mainly, I picked it up because with the XCOM game, specifically the first one, it has a really cool like aesthetic. And I like the, the world building and everything. So I just wanted uh, some more time with that. Uh, I'm also reading I'm Still Alive by Kate Marshall about a teenage girl who gets lost in the wilderness after a cabin burns down and her father dies. Yeah, this was a, this was a sexy new book that we yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. A, a while, while ago. Yeah, quite, quite a while, while ago. ago. Uh, it's funny because Jeez. she just straight up mentions like, oh, this reminds me of a book I read where a boy gets lost in the woods with a hatchet. <gasps> Called Hatchet. So uh, I think that's probably a smart move to be like, yes, I get it. Yeah. Hatchet it's exists. Hatchet like uh, oh, and I also finished uh, the Incorruptible series, which was kind of a spinoff of the Irredeemable series. Irredeemables, like if Superman went yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah. Incorruptibles, like if a... <laughs> so is the movie Man of Steel. Oh yeah, Incorruptible is basically a super strong supervillain uh, tries to be a superhero. Now, it's good. It's never that great. I think the problem is it's connected to Irredeemable, so it's just too connected to that story. It would have been, I yeah. think. Uh, had more flexibility to have been its own thing. Understood. Uh, and the end was not great. So the last uh, issue didn't really do anything for me. So that's it. Okay. Mm. Pretty good haul. Thanks. Let's see. What have I been up to bookmark-wise? Well, let, let me just pull up my list here. Um, I read a couple of uh, goofy things. I read uh, the the what? novel Arrival, which is a Smallville novel, not written by our friend Jeff Gottesfeld, but as part of that series. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't even put that on the list because it's okay. not interesting <laughs> to people, so I wasn't planning on bringing it up. Did it deal with any like hot topics or? No, this was pretty much just a straight up novelization of the pilot. So oh, it was oh, kind of okay. dull. But Gottesfeld's Jeff Gottesfeld's and Sheree Bennett's right. Smallville books. Uh, really do dive into some things. Yeah. So that's a fun episode too. Go find the interview with Jeff Gottesfeld, soundcloud.com slash all the books. Uh, but I finished the uh, the book by Jorma Kakanen from Hot Tuna Jefferson Airplane uh, called Ben Sell Long. It was pretty good. You know, I when I went to this concert, this Hot Tuna concert with my friend Chris, like I really, I didn't really know much about their music. I of course knew like the Jefferson Airplane songs that one knows if you listen to music of that time, but mm-hmm. um, White Rabbit. I didn't really, yeah. Remember. <laughs> hey, you keep talking. I'm going to finish <laughs> that now. Thank you. What the dog But I really didn't know the story and I didn't really know because it, it's confusing because you have, you've got the, you've got two of them break off and do Hot Tuna. Then you right. have like Jefferson, it's such a mess. Jefferson yeah. Starship and then Starship and then Jefferson Airplane gets back to get yeah. a whole thing. It's yeah. It's like a car crash happens. And at the end, everybody's like, wait, what car am I in Let's now? do a different <laughs> band <laughs> with similar. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, so the book was called Ben So Long, and I, I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. It was okay. just sort of a good rock 
memoir. I mean, it, it wasn't uh, it wasn't like deep or gritty or anything mm-hmm. like that, but it, it really was kind of like a, a fly by a seat of your pants kind of going through right. this, this career. So I liked it. I, I learned a lot more, and I, I uh, was sort of syncing up the albums mm. like as, he me- as I was reading them, mm-hmm. and he mentioned them in the book. I'd play that album in the background, so it was... Mm. It's quite the uh, multimedia experience. Right. <laughs> Tell you what, every time I read a book about a uh, a rock memoir, it's just so boring. It's just you, you don't here like I it. am. Yeah, you don't. I'm a rock yeah, again. Bruce Springsteen just doing stuff. Just oh, I we're just, oh, yours about actual rock. About actual You're rock. About rock. Just sitting there. I believe it. Watching time. They probably put a dinosaur on the cover, and you just read it, <laughs> not knowing. Uh, okay, here's the part where I have Don't to... Don't tell publishers about that tactic. Where I have to be that jerk who takes something that's classic and beloved and say, I don't like it, but The Great Gatsby. Right? Mm-hmm. Have you read it? Yes. Did you like it? Uh, not really. Yeah, I, I didn't really get it. I, that's, that's how I felt. But my wife really likes it. Okay. Uh, and I mean, well, yeah, it is a classic. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's something there. It stood the test of time and, and yeah. it's beloved. Just and sad. And discussed, but yeah, it is, it's Gatsby's kind of a... so obsessed with the past. Yeah, it's kind of a sad story and it's sort of like... It's hard when you're just sort of following unpleasant people doing things that are... Yeah. Yeah. Watch so. the movie The Fighter. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Actually, watch any of uh, David O. Russell's films. Well, hold on. Because uh, now you brought this up, and now, now i got to stick with it for a minute. Because uh-huh. are you aware that Marky Mark is doing a, a Spencer movie, like based on Robert B. Parker's Spencer novels? That's a weird Have you cast. seen previews for this? No. It's, I guess it's a Netflix movie. It's called... Oh, what is it called? Trouble we, in Paradise? that up? Mark, Mark Wahlberg Spencer. I can't remember what it's called. But yeah, Marky Mark is playing Spencer. And I'm just, uh, my mind is blown by this. I don't, it's weird casting. It doesn't make any sense to me. I'm shocked that they're doing a Spencer movie. And it's actually Spencer based. Spencer Confidential. Thank you. And it's actually based on one of the Ace Atkins novels, not even one of the original Robert Parker. So it's just a weird, it's a weird thing to do. But okay. If you want to know more about Robert Parker, you can dive into the All the Books archives, oh. listen to our spotlight on Robert B. Parker, which at one point was called a hamburger's bookmark. Mm-hmm. So it was a pickle. It's a pickle. A pickle is a, a hamburger. Pickle, yeah. Hamburger's bookmark. Yes, yeah, so you can check that out. Anyway, so that's what I've been reading. I'm currently reading a book called Roots, Radicals, and Rockers by Billy Bragg. And this is a nonfiction about uh, basically the start of skiffle music, which led to. Um, really sort of led to the Beatles, honestly. Um, so it's a pretty interesting <laughs> mm-hmm. it's a pretty interesting book so far. And I'm reading Star Trek Into Darkness by Alan Dean Foster because I learned nothing from last time when you told me not to read a novelization of a middle movie in a trilogy when I don't like that movie. But here I am again. Yeah, I mean, it was specifically, I don't understand why you, you take something that you don't like yeah. and just keep experiencing it. Yeah, so. what are you going to do? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when you, you, you touch yeah. a hot stove yeah. and you're like, well. Yeah. Like how you had uh, a second surgery that one time. Yeah. It was like you didn't like it the first like time. The first Why would you do it again? Yes. I'm reading Star Trek Into Darkness for my, the book club with my pals. And we we all loved the Star Trek novelization by Alan Dean Foster. So we were like, let it ride. You know, <laughs> keep going. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's dumb in all the ways the movie are dumb. Surprise, surprise. Sorry. So Without uh, Peter Weller in there. Yeah, that's true. So you just have to imagine Peter, Peter Weller. Weller. Yeah, uh, it's actually read. Wilson. I'm listening to the audiobook in part, Weller. and it's read by Alice Eve, who played Carol Marcus in that movie. Oh, also uh-huh. read a bunch Boy, of DC yeah. comics. Just sure did cast well. her as that. Car- <sighs> I've read a bunch of DC just comics pieces. as well. DC but, comics, but I haven't like finished any trades because oh, I'm reading okay. single issues. But um, do you want to talk about 1917? Because we both saw it. We did both see 1917. Is, is that up for an Academy Award? Yeah. Okay. For best picture and everything. Yeah. And you, you go for it. You saw it first. So 2019 was really disappointing for me in terms of my big genre films yes. and eliciting like zero emotion from me, right. which is kind of depressing because that's where I used to get 
all of that from. Yeah. Uh, especially healthy. super healthy. <laughs> I think we can all agree. Especially superhero movies because they they would just be bigger and have more cinematic scenes and like it was much more of a visual uh, sensational experience where yeah, even yeah. like something birds bad of, birds of prey next <laughs> next month where even Hang something as bad as like rise of the silver surfer could still at yeah. times collect a scene that has enough like happening on yeah. screen and audibly that you're it. like oh this is cool i get it and in 2019 i was just like nothing, nothing. was eliciting this emotion and then i saw ad astra yeah. and 1917 and i'm like i guess like the lower budget more experimental like these kind of films are what's eliciting that emotion mm. now because it's like you're aging right in front of me. I know. I feel so <laughs> old. Who needs superheroes when you <laughs> have new kids always yeah. talking so fast? <laughs> um, because there are scenes in 1917 <laughs> that remind me of like Chris Nolan's uh, style. That is also very Agreed. much like here's Agreed. a Hans Zimmer score to 11. Yeah. Uh, like uh, interstellar was very much at times. Like I'm just going to throw images and yeah. music at them yeah. and they are going to feel shook. Yeah. Uh, As I recall, you much preferred the soundtrack to the movie. Is that right? Interstellar? Yeah. I really like the soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there there are scenes in 1917, uh, I mean, because the character's basically running all the time, yeah, yeah. that make me made me feel the same way I used oh, to good. feel watching, uh, I don't know, Spider-Man swinging across the scene. So I guess yeah. you're right. I guess I'm now an 87-year-old yeah. man, and I got to go play chess in the park for a while. Yeah, I guess See you, you later. I guess you I got to go teach a kid about how chess is the real cool thing to be doing mm-hmm. and if you if you want to if you really want to be cool you buck the curve yeah. you stay in school yeah or something yeah i don't know i like it and then i go to his like championship thing and he's like i didn't think you'd come but it's funny like, i'm a ghost it's funny that that specifically did it for you on an emotional level because mm-hmm. i think that would be my main criticism i, I didn't mm-hmm. feel very emotionally invested in it as i did in, well in the second surgery took out your heart yeah I if i remember that. i remember but and you mentioned chris nolan as well i feel like i was much more like emotionally into something like dunkirk than i was mm-hmm. 1917 so like I'm, I'm glad to have seen it i'm glad to see it in theaters and i certainly enjoyed it but i Mm-hmm. I actually felt like I was, for me, it didn't hit me emotionally. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Sometimes Aquaman. Aquaman had some of the images that I still enjoy. Yes. The the kissing under the scene yes. while the camera's panning around and there yeah. are explosions. That did it for and me. And now I guess HBO Max is doing an Aquaman cartoon. I don't understand. I don't even you know what it is? Also, Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. Not Turn Off the Dark. That's the, that's the musical. It's Sorry. a bad musical. That's not that. Spider-Man... Uh, the animated Into the spider Into the spider Thank you. You're welcome. That did it. The, the whole climax of that film had me in like my yeah, old yeah, self yeah, yeah. so yeah. the superhero movies still do it for me so now times. now do you need like a a low budget prestige film club shirt <laughs> so you can so you can wear <laughs> so i can wear that every yeah, time because i mean you've got your yeah. marvel and you got your batman yeah. wonder woman yeah. you know yeah. man i'm listening like non-marvel x-men films here well i guess i'm the bigger uh, marvel fan Jeez. here no that's yeah. not true um, that's not true by a long shot i can't remember the last time an mcu movie had me like yeah uh i had those moments in uh, homecoming Mm. There's a few yeah, I had a little in Far From Home. Mm-hmm. It's I think it's just the the two directors who did uh, the Last Avengers and uh, Civil War. Yeah, they're more down and dirty with their action than Agreed. like let's, let's inspire. Agreed. I want to be inspired, people. I want to be inspired to want to fly. Do you think Black Widow's going to be fun? Maybe. Who okay. knows? All right. Well, we could talk about that more when the time comes. Yeah. A Black um, Widow spotlight. I also wanted to mention that I finished the Kaminsky Method first season, a mm. uh, Netflix show with Michael Douglas and Alan Arkin. Yeah. I loved it. I thought it was great. Have you watched this at all? No, I have not. I don't know if it's your jam. You might like it. Oh. Anyway. Will it inspire a, me the same way Spider-Man 2 did once? No, it won't. Oh, but well. it's, it, is a, it is like a half-hour show, oh. which is like your your jam. So you yeah. might enjoy it. But yeah, it's just about the two of them and they're mm-hmm. you know, being old men and friends and 
Oh, I liked it. I love mm-hmm. Michael Douglas, and I love Alan Arkin. So yeah, uh, last Mike, week you said Michael Douglas was your favorite actor I stand of all by time, it. top tier. I love Michael Douglas. Yeah, and he gave a shout out to Michael J. Fox, another one of my favorites. Uh, when in that movie, or in in the show? Really? Yeah, they were nice. just talking about Michael J. Fox. So huh. Anyway, uh, so that's it as far as bookmark and things. That's been our Star Trek spotlight. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> Let's move on to some book news. Oh. Yeah, uh, we've got some sad book news to start off with. Christopher right. Tolkien, who's been the uh, uh, really the, the head of the J.R.R. Tolkien estate for many, many years, uh, took a lot of care going through uh, J.R.R. Tolkien's notes and unpublished things and uh, getting a lot of content out of that. So, of course, we have all of these in our collection and they remain popular. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. You know, a, a lot of them, um, a lot of them are coming out like uh, nonfiction, like the, like right. the Beowulf, the epic uh, that he did, which I actually kind of liked. Um they land in nonfiction, and still, you know, people are finding them and doing them. So I think, I think he did a good service to that estate, uh, to his father's work. And uh, so it's interesting to see what happens now if they're going to continue yeah. along that. I don't know, that Who, sort of like approach, who's in charge of the uh, estate yeah. at this point. Yeah. Um, because would it would it he be the one who's then also in charge of like you can make the Hobbit movies because there was a bunch of issues with that. I, I mean, you have to assume there's like a board and some sort of trust, right. yeah, and not just like one very elderly man like making those decisions um but i'm sure he had i mean it wouldn't surprise right. me if he was the final say right you know, really um so yeah i don't know i don't know uh, where it goes from there but mm-hmm. um as i said we have the christopher tolkien works here in the collection so stop in and check them out uh also book news i guess i don't know if you saw the trailer for this it looks terrible but it's called the turning it's it's a horror movie coming out with Mackenzie davis uh this yeah. year uh and finn wolfhard right Oh, maybe yes. It's uh, based on the turn of a, the screw. Oh, okay. The book. So that yeah. was a page to screen that we didn't really mention. Oh, yeah. Uh, and also, it's uh, I think it's coming to Netflix or something, but mm-hmm. didn't look didn't look great. Well, we didn't, didn't mention the Marky Mark one either. Uh, yeah, Spencer, that's true. Spencer Confidential is that what it's mm-hmm. called? Weird. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I I want to watch it. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> it's Marky Mark and Spencer, so I'll yeah. I'm there. But uh, in other book news, mm. the Edgar Awards have been announced. Oh, uh, sorry, yeah. the nominees. Anyway, so don't. Get too excited. Yeah, it's calm just down. The you didn't hear the awards theme there because there's no awards to hand out. No, I want. Can we hear the awards theme now? Yeah, but we've already just roll it. Lead, lead us back in. now yeah oh, okay <laughs> uh the hugo awards uh the nominees are out so the we're hugo awards you threw me off sorry right. uh they've announced the nominees for the edgar awards of course the uh, mystery writers association comes out with these every year mm-hmm. and it covers fiction non-fiction junior young adult uh, tv mm-hmm. all of that so we're just gonna do a quick run through the nomination some... process is the real mystery yeah so through some of the nominees so i'll take you right from the beginning best novel this includes Fake Like Me by Barbara Borland, The Stranger Diaries by Ellie mm. Griffiths, The River by Peter Heller. Down uh, not Peter by Weller. the river. Not Peter Weller. Peter not, Heller. Right. And as you recall, we did this one for a sexy new book club. And I do not recall. I did not want to read this book. Right, so, yeah. And it stays true. Smoke and Ashes by Abira Merkji and Good Girl, Bad Girl by Michael mm. Robotham. Best first novel. Nominees include My Lovely Wife by Samantha Downing. Miracle Creek by Angie Kim. The Good Detective by John McMahon. The Secrets We Kept by Laura Prescott. Three you know fifths. what, though? 
I tend to hear the secrets that we keep when, when they're talking, talking in your sleep. sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, Secrets okay. We Kept by Laura Prescott, okay. Three Fifths by John Vercher, American Spy by Lauren Ooh. Wilkinson. You know, the, that lead guy from the Romantics was with Ringo Starr in a tour once, so I actually saw him sing that song live. Are you impressed? A little. Okay. <laughs> best Paperback Original, ah. Dread of Winter by Susan mm. Alice Bickford. So Best Paperback Original, you're likely to buy one of these in an airport. <laughs> Freedom Road by William Lashner. Grocery store used to be. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yeah. yeah. Grocery stores yeah. had books. Maybe like a Wegmans. Yeah. Probably get in Grocery stores had books, and our superheroes told us things we needed to hear. That's right. At the end of the at the end of the episode, they come out. You know, just because you've <laughs> stolen that candy. <laughs> Blood Relations by mm, Jonathan Moore. February Sun by Alan Parks. I think that's just March. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the, oh. <laughs> the Hotel Never Sink by Adam O'Fallon mm. Price. The Bird Boys by Lisa Sandlin. That looks yeah. spooky. The Bird Boys? Yeah. There's a bunch best, of boys that are birds. Best fact crime. So oh, I, guess, I guess calling it true crime is too much, but the best fact crime, The Ghosts of Eden Park. Oh, snap. By Karen Abbott. Mm-hmm. The Less People Know About Us by mm. Axton Betts Hamilton. American Predator, the most meticulous serial killer of the 21st century. Is this when Maureen Callahan? Is this just a novelization of Predator Two? I don't think it's so. where the Predator goes to L.A. No, it's actually about a real life serial killer, the Predator. <laughs> no, Norco Eighty: The True Story of the Most Spectacular Bank Robbery in American History Ooh. by Peter Houlihan. Indecent Advances: Ooh-hoo-hoo. A Hidden History of True Crime and Prejudice Before Stonewall by James Pulchin. Uh, let's take a look at Best Juvenile. You want to read those, buddy? Uh, no, because I don't have the page open. Well, then I'll tell Go you. Ahead. You, uh, we'll Sorry, I was it. reading the review on this VHS that's in front of me. Oh, of, of Star Trek Insurrection? Yeah. The, we can the, take the, a break. Let's discuss The review it. says, exciting conflict and cutting-edge special effects that, that truly entertain. Thank who, you. Who in the review writes, exciting conflict? Gene Siskel, apparently, yeah. of the Chicago Tribune. The dialogue was spoken. Best... <laughs> Well, to be fair, he was trying to come up with something nice to say about Star Trek Insurrection. <laughs> the collected works, best juvenile, best juvenile. So you tell me if you if, what you think of these. Mm-hmm. The collected works of Gretchen Oyster by Carrie Fagan, Eventown by Corey Ann Haydu, The Whispers. What? The Whispers. Huh? Come a little closer. What? The Whispers. Oh. By Greg Howard. He said the blisters. Whisper. Blisters. Whisper. <laughs> All the Grays on Green Street by Laura Tucker. Me and Sam Sam Handle the Apocalypse Down by, by the Susan Boat. That looks kind of fun. Hmm. Down by the schoolyard? Me and Julio down oh, by the schoolyard. Okay. Paul Simon, sure. Catfish. This is the best young adult. Catfishing on Catnet by huh. Naomi Kritzer. I don't like that title. Killing November, which I think is what December does. <laughs> wow. Killing November by Adriana Mather. Uh-huh. Patron Saints of Nothing uh-huh. by Randy Rebay. The Deceivers by Kristen Simons. Wild and Crooked Teeth by Leah Thomas. Mm. What do you think of those? Okay. You excited about any of them? Pretty good. Yeah. Are Doing these, all right. Are any of these that have... Uh, I like them. Tra- you being Marky Mark? <laughs> <laughs> are any of these... I know we have a couple of these in the We have the a couple collection. of those, yeah. Any, any of them with any traction? Have you noticed interest in uh, these particular? I don't know. Not really. Patron Saints of Nothing was actually up for the uh, National Book Award as well. Yeah, I do remember that. We yeah. do have that copy. Okay. We have a copy of that. All right. Yeah. That particular copy, is that? That one specific copy okay. that has been nominated. So that's the Edgar Awards. Uh, 
we will also come back when we have winners, and we'll mm-hmm. tell you what the winners are, and then we'll have the winners here in the collection at the David A. Howe And Public then those Library. winners will be served a chicken dinner. Will they? What if they're vegetarian? Oh, we have to- tofu chicken dinner. Tofu chicken dinner. Yes. Oh, that sounds gross. Sorry, you're the vegetarian. Well, I don't want tofu chicken dinner. Okay, all right, what, do what, what do you got? Chickpea what do you got? chicken dinner? How do, how do I make that? I, that would be all right. I like all right. chickpeas. I like a good chickpea. Chickpea dinner. Yeah, chickpea. As a vegetarian like alternative. Or like a chickpea curry. Fine. We'll change the whole menu. You're going to need a lot of spices for yeah, that. Yeah, that's it's, true. It is involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, New York Times bestseller list. What do we got? Okay. New York Times bestseller list today for the... On, we're back to hardcover crossed. fiction. Yes. What are you hoping for? New stuff. Oh, well, we got some. Yes. Number 10, Treason by Stuart Woods. Mm-hmm. Well, this is new. It's his 52nd book in the Stone Barrington season. Wow. Uh, you could read one a week for an entire year. <laughs> Stone is asked to expose the double agent in the State Department. Um, when's Marky Mark playing Stone Barrington? I probably about thirty years. Wow, how old Marky Mark's too old? Yeah, Marky it, Mark's probably in his fifties, right? Yeah, yeah, maybe older. Uh, the Giver of Stars is at number nine. Uh, what? Wh- this is back, right? This is the JoJo Moyes one. Oh yeah, Depression yeah, yeah. era Kentucky, yep. getting books over the hills. Yep. And, and then the Dutch House is at number eight by Ann Patchett. Yeah, that's got some staying power. Sure does. Uh, number seven is The Silent Patient by Alex uh, McKillides. Yeah, that's back as well. That is back. It was gone, but it has returned. Mm-hmm. The turn of the I tide. Uh, number six, Long Bright River by Liz Moore. New. Mickey risked her job uh, with the Philadelphia police by going after a murderer and searching for her missing sister. Mm. This isn't the only one with a, missing, with a sister looking for her missing sister. Well, I hope they find each other. Sisters, yeah. This was never a plot point on the show. Sisters, though. With Swoozy Kurtz? And multiple people. Yeah, I don't think so. Celia Ward? I don't think there was a missing sister. Was Celia Ward on Sisters? I think she was, yeah. Yeah, definitely Swoozy Kurtz. Why the frick was I watching Sisters as a small child? Celia Ward. Who was putting that on the TV and being like, let's kick and watch it? Look, probably your mom. (laughs) Uh, Number five, The Guardians by John Grisham. Uh, this is the, what is it? This is the lawyer, Ruthless Killers, where he's taken wrongfully conviction case. Hey. Yeah. Swoozy Kurtz actually played a lawyer in the film Liar Liar. So it was a, another Swoozy Kurtz connection. Yeah, the redhead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Holy frick. Yeah. Look up Swoozy Kurtz, The Wire, and tell me if it's the same person. Okay. I think I'm wrong. Okay. Never mind. I'm very no, wrong. No, I'm going to look, though. Uh, number four, Such a Fun Age by Kyla Reed. That's fun. Is it? No, it's not Swoozy Kurtz. I didn't think so. Uh, all right. Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reed is a tomu, uh, tumult. Oh, Tumultuous. This a, no, this is a name. Tumult okay. ensures when Alex... Oh, wait, no. Look, problems oh arise oh when boy. Alex says babysitter is mistakenly accused of kidnapping her charge. Oh. Swoozy Kurtz did two episodes of the Lethal Weapon TV show. Is that what you were thinking of? No. Okay. But our, we moved on. Not anyway. Not uh, Moral Compass uh, by Daniel Steele. Shortly after St. Ambrose Prep goes co-ed, a student is attacked and the community falls apart. Frick. Yeah. Daniel Steele. That's rough. Uh, number two, Dear Edward by Anne Napolitano. Hmm. I got tired. Go ahead. Napolitano. Thank you. Anne Napolitano. This is currently the Barnes & Noble Book Club pick. Oh. Gee, probably shout help. out to Barnes & Noble. Well, it's probably helping it up the- Big Barnes over there. Probably helping it up the sales. Yeah. I just read that the Seattle Barnes & Noble that we were just in- mm-hmm. Is closed. Oh no! It was a, a major kind yeah. of a tentpole store. So, is this explaining all the Barnes and Noble shirts and uh, tote bags that are in your office now? 
mm-hmm. that they're just paying yeah, you out with. Yeah, the, I'm, uh, yeah. A 12 year old. I was just in a Barnes and Noble, actually. Congratulations. Thank you. It was <laughs> yeah. fun. I got Star Trek Beyond on vinyl. <laughs> On vinyl? Yeah. Oh, okay. They had a big 50% off vinyl rack, and yeah. there was Star Trek Beyond. Oh, no, I'm not going to buy it. Yeah. 50%, you can almost uh, buy it at store price when it comes to the 50% yeah. at yeah. Barnes & Noble. Yeah. Sorry, that was mean. It was. It uh, was hurtful. 12-year-old boy. It's like a. Uh, it's like if the first primates were making fun of the dinosaurs as they were slowly dying yeah. off of the jet. Ju- yeah. That would have been mean. Like, want a sweater, Mr. T-Rex? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just did a quick check. Swoozy Kurtz has not been in a dinosaur movie, so there's really no connection. 12-year-old boy tries to start over after becoming the sole survivor of a plane crash in which he lost his immediate family. Dear Edward by Anne Napolitina. Oh, yes. you know what? We talked about this in something. And books were like most anticipated books. Oh, yeah, year, yeah, yeah. I think. I think you're right. I think you're right. Hey, number one is where the crawdads sing. 71 oh, weeks boy. on this list. 71 weeks. Oh, you boy. haven't even been around that long. I haven't been around for 71 weeks? No. Yes, I Life-wise. have. Yes, no. I have. No. Yes, I have. All right, let's talk about Star Trek. Do we have music to play for this? A Star Trek theme? Yeah. I don't think we're allowed. Think oh, wait, allowed. no, that's the original one. Yeah. So what's the... Fun fun fact. There was a theme, a unique theme for Star Trek The Next Generation, but Mm -hmm. at the last minute they didn't like it. Mm. And so they used the Star Trek The Motion Picture theme. Mm -hmm. So the Star Trek main theme is just from the movies. I know as a super fan, that's important to you, but that's just the Next Generation theme. It's actually the movie theme. No, I know. But to everybody else, it's just the Next Gen theme. Okay. And then when they hear the first... I mean... I I'll check with William Shatner and get. I back know to many you. people who've watched the Next Generation. Yeah. I know very few people who've watched the very first ne- uh, Star Trek movie. Well, it's in all the Star Trek movies. You're telling me people have seen the Next Generation, but they haven't watched Star Trek Four with the whales. No, I that is true. Yeah, yeah I get that. Yeah. But I mean the original one. Do you think people are watching the whale movie and they're like, why are they using the Next Gen theme? Maybe. Okay. Listen, I yes. just think that for pop culture's mentality, yeah. that theme is the next generation theme. You know what? For once, I agree with you. Okay. I think that that's true. All right. Well, today we are going to be talking about Star Trek The Next Generation in anticipation of the CBS All Access Not show. Not to be confused with X-Men Generation X. Picard. <laughs> the CBS All Access show Picard. Yeah. Coming out this Big year, CBS 2020, as we record, so we're going to be talking a little bit about the next generation. Um, Did you make a deal with CBS slash Paramount that if you talk up Picard a lot on this podcast, they'll give you a fourth season of uh, The Odd Couple? They don't take my calls anymore. <laughs> yeah, after the they third don't take season. my calls. Yeah. Where's my Odd Couple? I know. I want to know what's going to happen. Are, the, are, are Felix and Oscar always going to be different? You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. That's what I want to know. Yeah. Have you sent in any like uh, spec scripts? Yeah, of course. I've written the, <laughs> I've written the fourth season, and I wanted to talk to you about that off mic, so yeah. I'm, I wish you wouldn't have okay. brought it up. Okay, yeah, I assume that you've made it a little bit more uh, serialized, actually. Yeah, it is much more serialized, <laughs> yeah. The messes that Oscar make stay from episode to episode. So yeah. it, in that way, it's a little bit more like Babylon yeah. 5 than Star Trek The Next Generation, yeah. which is well, what we're talking about been our next gen today. <laughs> Eric, let me ask you this. Okay. What's your earliest memory of Star Trek The Next Generation? Uh, honestly... I think it is my mom and my grandmother trying to get our her, their little small black and white receiver TV to play it. Was Sisters not on at this time, <laughs> or what? Uh, this I think this is around the time of Sisters. No, okay. But <laughs> was, was I remember first? just being very small, being at my grandmother's and having a little TV that my mom was trying to like get, and like that was probably the first thing I ever saw of Star so Trek. Mom and grandma, are they into Star Trek? I don't know if my grandmother was. Okay, but my mom was. Okay, and so. 
that's like the earliest memory as far back as I can go. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's the first time I saw Worf. Oh, okay. Um, was on there, but it was mm-hmm. black and white. And then, uh, and very fuzzy. Um, and then, uh, probably my most vivid memories of Star Trek's The Next Generation is you'd have to tell me if it's the fifth season. I remember um, the ship just blowing up. I think that's time and effect, right? <gasps> cause and effect. Cause and effect. Yes. Um, and so I think that's the same year as the 1994 Olympics. I think it'd be a little, because Star Trek ends in 94 and cause and effect is like maybe season five. So 92. So, but it, yeah, probably about okay. 92. Yeah. All right. Well, I remember the Olympics being on at the same time. Anyway, I got nice memories of watching Next Gen with my mom while the Olympics were also going and we were playing Guess Who. Nice. So. I, I also loved Guess Who. Yeah. Uh, Cause and Effect is on my list of favorite episodes. Okay. So if you're not familiar with that episode, yeah. just as Eric says, before mm-hmm. the opening credits, mm-hmm. a disaster happens, the Enterprise explodes. I remember there's oh, so many episodes I remember watching as a kid that I have no context for. I just stuff like you could have told me they were like five hours long yeah. in episodes, how kids work. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just... That's how I just watched Cause it. and Effect is a classic episode because mm-hmm. they're stuck in a time loop. So right. they keep getting to this point. The Enterprise keeps blowing up. Mm-hmm. But each time it happens, they have a little bit more awareness. And so mm. they're able to kind of like set up a plan in motion that, that uh, well, I'm not going to tell you how it ends. But okay. yeah. the other ship that is caught in the caught in the trap. Kelsey Grammer. It can't walk out. Uh, yeah, that's right. It's Kelsey Grammer mm-hmm. as uh, Captain Morgan Bateson. Yeah. And that's he's in a ship. He's been in this time loop since the Kirk era, basically. Uh, so yeah. it's all the classic like Kirk era uniforms right. and stuff. So pretty great episode. All right. That's your most vivid childhood memory of... Of Next Gen, Gen yeah. Mm-hmm. Like we hadn't watched the movies or anything. Yeah. Uh, so, and then like growing up, I just didn't really watch it on my own mm-hmm. so but you did eventually right i mean you've watched most of next gen haven't you uh me and my wife are on the fourth season okay uh the worst thing you can do when you're trying to binge a show is bring a second party into it that's true uh so i one one day i was like i'm just gonna binge watch a whole bunch of start i watched like 10 episodes in like a day or something wow and then i uh brought my wife into it and Things now we're still down. in the fourth season. Things slow it's down. technically my fault. She's just, she's probably always game to watch Next Gen. So I'm yeah. sure if she's listening to it, she's like, I would watch Next Gen right she's now. She's going to burst through the door. I know. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's just, plus there's so much to watch now too. That's true. We can talk about uh, maybe why it's slowed down okay. when we get to quality. Uh, sure. Okay. Next Gen. Um, for me, and I think you're going to laugh at this, <gasps> but. Wait. One other vivid childhood memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad got me a kite. It was a next generation kite. A kite? Like a one of those like old plastic kites. Okay. That you could take take to the and beach. It was a kite. Yeah. So just it was just a poster of the next gen crew, and I'd just be at the beach <laughs> flying a next gen <laughs> kite. I don't know if it had Guinan on it. Ah. So I don't know if it was a whoopee one, but cool. it had everybody else. Yeah. So as a kid, I but like as a kid. I had a next generation kite that's, yeah, because that's I knew boss. who the next gen kids that's were. That's pretty boss. So For how me, did I not get beat up at that beach? Yeah, that's true. That's I guess my question. dad was there. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Uh, all roads, all Star Trek roads for me lead back to Star Trek Generations. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Isn't that strange? <laughs> yeah. So I, I went to see Star Trek Generations mm-hmm. with my grandma. Yeah. And I think really just because it was at the dollar movies and like that's what was on and that's that was like the time mm-hmm. that we were there and so we saw Star Trek Generations mm-hmm. and like that was I, your first Star Trek. Listen, I understood that it was like, oh, this is from the old show and this is from the new show right. and they're together. Like I had some concept of the right. fact that like of who Kirk was and who Picard was, but mm-hmm. I remember nothing before that. Right, I don't remember ever having watched it. Or Generation talks so much about the stuff that was happening in the show. I know. 
I know. Crazy. That's what's so weird about it. But the thing yeah. is, I loved it. <laughs> like, I loved it. Wild. So the very first Star Trek book I ever read was shortly after that. And the it was Generations the, novelization. The junior novelization. <laughs> it was nine. It was like 1994. Yeah. The junior so, novelization. Yeah. So I was like 11. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I went out and we found the junior novelization by John Vornholt. Mm-hmm. And that was the first Star Trek book I ever read. And I loved wow. it. I mean, I've always loved time travel, you know, back to the yeah. future and all that. So Generations... If you're not familiar with Star Trek Generations, it's the first movie after Next Gen, uh, and it starts with it starts yeah. with the Kirk era, with Kirk sort of passing the torch, and then we jump to the future with uh, Picard and crew, uh, and then it the big resolution is he has to go into this time travel nexus to get Captain Kirk to help him uh, do this, uh, yeah, you know, solve this problem, mm-hmm. defeat this enemy, yeah, and Malcolm so they, McDonald, yeah, <laughs> so they have a team up, they have a team up, <laughs> yep, a bit, and. Yeah. Like now, watching it, to me, it highlights so aggressively like what I like about the original series and what I don't like about Next Gen. Okay. I don't think Generations. No, no. I know. But hear me out. Because the first like half hour of this is like Kirk and Scotty and Chekhov on the, sh- on the new uh-huh. Enterprise. And right. things are going. It's all like action-packed. Right. And you know, they're like, they go and they rescue Guinan and, uh-huh. and all that. And then it jumps to the next gen era uh-huh. where they're all on the holodeck yeah. on, on like an old British ship, all uh-huh. dressed in their costumes, like promoting mm-hmm. war. And it's a real hard transition. Okay. It I, is a hard transition. I know you're the Star Trek guy, but I think we need to veer away from generations if we're doing a, a next oh, generation. No, we, do. we do. We do. I'm just saying that's where <laughs> we're it talking begins. about the highlights. We shouldn't that's be t- focusing so much on generations. And I still have a, I still have a soft spot in my heart for next gen or for generations the movie but it is kind of a rough watch i think i don't think it really suits i don't think it serves their goofy little pirate party yeah i don't (laughs) think it serves the next gen we're doing it for the laugh of it data well i think there's some really good i think picard has a lot of really good moments but i don't think outside of that it's a good representation at all of the next gen crew so So you watch generations you read the book yeah you were blown away as a child how malcolm mcdonald's dialogue looks on paper yeah and then uh so did if this is a 94, like yeah. you said, generate next gen is over. Yeah. So when did you watch next gen for the first time? Like, yeah. Really? I, I guess it was, I guess I watched a little bit like in, in the high school years because mm-hmm. it was on like spike, spike TV. Do you remember spike TV? Yeah. Spike. Yeah. When it was, yeah, that, that's like while they had that yeah. in a G Ford, like yeah. the old video game network yeah. also had that. So next gen was on a lot, mm-hmm. like multiple times a day. Wow. So I would watch it like in high school and, and, uh, just but random, uh-huh. random episodes. Are you thinking about how your Star Trek fan? I'm thinking about how mine. in 1994 yeah. I knew way more about Next Gen you than you did. You did. As like yeah. an eight year old, I was yeah. like, you don't know anything about war. Yeah. But if you wow. want to go down that road, then I guess I have to point out that my X Men fandom no, let's not talk starts about this. in the 80s oh. <laughs> and yours starts in the year 2000. But that's that's in neither that's neither here nor there. <laughs> All right. So so I would watch random episodes right. of Next Gen, and but then not it in order. No. Just whatever Spike was showing. Basically. Okay. And it wasn't really until college that we really like sat down and mm. watched it all I through. guess, I mean, I guess I'm a little smug about it, but I'm also just kind of shocked to think that like I was watching Next Gen Live. It's true. And yeah. not you. Yeah. I know. I know. Quantum Leap was your thing in the I did. 80s and I early did. 90s, right? <laughs> I did love Quantum Leap, <laughs> so. yes. Um, but I, I, so I'd seen a lot more of the original series, but I had like VHS <laughs> tapes of the original series. And the library I worked at when I was in high school and college um, also had a bunch of mm-hmm. like the, uh, the early, like the cage and right. uh, some of the classic Kirk episodes. Have had you ever VHS, watched it so. just from beginning to end? I have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But not until later. That's right. what I mean. Not until like, 
really like high school and then into college. So, so really sit down and it's, watch it all. it's more accurate to say that you married a bigger next gen fan than Absolutely. yourself. So Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, it's her Star Trek. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, oh. Anyway. Um, so in a lot of ways then, you kind of skip next gen like in the Star Trek canon. You went from like, because you're a big fan of the original Star Trek. Yeah. And then you're a huge fan of Voyager. Right. So, like, Next Gen is almost like you t- you leapt over it in a way. I don't think there was ever a time that I was, like... Did you watch s- Voyager live? Well, it was, like, it was the UP... It, Voyager was on UPN, yeah. so it was, like, such a quirky thing. Yeah. So, it, Voyager was still on, but we were watching, like, the, the weekday, mm-hmm. um, you know... Syndication. Re- yeah, syndicated, yeah. like, reruns. Well, that's what, that's what Next Gen was. Like, they created it, like... And made all these like syndication deals yeah. that that like I still don't really understand, but like yeah. it was just airing all the time. Well, next gen like you know Jeopardy mm-hmm. of Wheel of Fortune or something. Yeah. It's like anybody who wants to pony up the dough can yeah. show next gen. Yeah. That's that's just the way it was. But okay, where sh- where do we go next on this technically next generation um, uh, spotlight? Yeah. Well, uh, I I think maybe if we just kind of take take a look at the series, take a look at some of the characters. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've I chose a I chosen a so I've read a million Star Trek books as mm-hmm. you know, and I chose a couple of Picard centric uh, books that I particularly like oh. that I'll share in a minute. But um, the show uh, ran for seven seasons, mm-hmm. uh, debuted in 1984 or sorry 1987 and went yeah. to 1994. Uh, 178 total episodes. Mm-hmm. Um. Do you, do you have favorites? Do I have favorite episodes? Yeah. Let's talk about the characters for, for okay. one thing because it's a it's a big departure I think from the original crew. Right. You know, because you really had that like the trinity of 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 McCoy, Spock and Kirk and whereas right. Next Gen is much more um much more ensemble based I think mm-hmm. where everybody really like gets their chance to shine. Right. Type-wise it's very different. Mm-hmm. Um Next Gen has a lot of its roots in the Star Trek Phase 2 series that never uh-huh. happened right um and you look at star trek the motion picture and you can see pretty obviously the characters mm-hmm. in there will decker and ilea mm-hmm. are pretty clearly the will roots riker of will and, riker uh, and deanna yeah. and actually they actually they use some of the star trek phase two scripts mm-hmm. in next generation like there's yeah. one where deanna is like magically pregnant and that was a yeah star trek that floaty phase. alien thing. that was a yeah, star trek floaty phase alien ball but um yeah so coming out of nowhere um after the after the movies had been going for a while, yeah, I think it was kind of a gamble, really, to show you a new crew and yeah. and all that, and go for such a different tone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the first and season also to be so aggressively bad out of the gate, yes, which is it's kind of shocking yeah. to think just how many bad episodes there were in that yeah. first season, and then they were like, yeah, let's give it a second season. I honestly I can't think of a show that has a worse first season than Next Generation. It's yeah. It's it's rough. It was rough to get through. Yeah. It just had no clue who its characters were. No. It had no clue what it was doing. No. Every episode every week was like, "Oh, maybe this will be good." Yeah. No. And there's a couple there's a couple like straight up like we're doing that one from the original series. Yeah. But it's, not well. It's even worse. I feel maybe it wasn't so bad watching it live as it was happening cuz you didn't know who the characters were. Yeah. But watching it after you know like you have a handle on data and yeah. warp and everything, then it's just like, oh, this isn't right. It is this pretty is painful. bad. It's pretty painful. Yeah. Um, so shocking. I, I do actually. I, Except I still, for Q. Yeah, Q's Whenever fun. Whenever Q shows up. I was going to say, I still I still enjoy Encounter at Farpoint, the, the pilot. pilot. Yeah. I think that's actually a pretty strong yeah. um, you know, pilot movie and a, mm-hmm. and a pretty decent intro to those characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, you have a fun cameo mm-hmm. of DeForest Kelly playing an older uh, Dr. McCoy. Yeah. Very old. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, outside of Encounter at Farpoint, I'd be pretty hard pressed to say a first season yeah. episode. I watched a whole bunch of the first season on tape. Yeah. Somebody I worked with just gave me a whole bunch of VHS, VHS copies of uh, Next Gen. Yeah. And so I just watched a bunch of those with 80s commercials attached. That's fun. Pie so, and Minutes. Pie and Minutes. That's where the Pie and Minutes commercial sure does. comes from. Um, yeah. So the first season's bad. Yep. Um, uh, so like for me, like I've seen a whole bunch of episodes yeah. as a kid uh, without realizing what episodes they were or anything. A lot of times I'm just like, wasn't there an episode where this happened? Uh, and so where my me and my wife are, we're up to like the fourth season. We're on episode 11 okay. of season four. Wow. So some things have happened. So specific. Uh, she doesn't uh, like the Borg. The Borg. She finds the... them stressful and gross. I don't think the Borg really find their groove until either first contact or, we go. or Voyager. Voyager. Well... <laughs> The, those those yeah. do much more with the yeah. Borg. Can you get Hillary on the line, please, for this yeah. next gen yeah. spotlight? Yeah. Sorry. Um, so okay, uh, you, next yeah. gen. Help yeah. me. I I've only seen f- almost four seasons. Oh okay. Well, let's talk a little bit about the characters. Okay. I like Picard. Yeah. So uh, we've got like, we got Captain Picard. We got I like Will, Picard. Will Riker. I like Riker. So we've got our first Klingon with Worf. Uh-huh. Uh huh. There as as head of security. Eventually, we have mm-hmm. Data. Yep, have, I like Data. Uh, Jordy LaForge, who like starts Jordy. as like a comm officer and then yeah. becomes. Yeah. Chief as a kid, I will tell you this: as a kid, I always thought Jordy was both cooler and more of like a tragic figure because of his uh, visor. Oh, yeah. Than when I watch it now, and he can't, he can't even go on a date. Yeah. You know, he really can't. Yeah, so he's tragic in a different way. You have uh, Beverly Crusher, who is the Doctor in six of seven seasons. Mm-hmm. Season two, they yeah. replaced her with uh, Diana Mulder, who was in the yeah. original series as uh, Captain Beverly Crusher is probably my Star Trek crush. Really? Yeah. If she's, I had a, she's probably my least favorite character. That's stupid. I yeah. What a okay. What about the episode where they go to like the 1950s in the holodeck? Yeah, the big goodbye. Yeah, that's kind of fun. And she's she's all forget it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Sorry. She's gorgeous. All right. <laughs> Sorry. So, um, and then Deanna Troy as a ship's counselor, and we have Tasha Yar for yeah. a half a season yeah. as yeah. as security chief, and then she pops up here yeah. and there. Over Mackenzie time. Davis would play Tasha Yar if it was today. Who's that? She's going to be in the Turning of the Screw. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I could see. She that. was in the new Terminator. I could see that. Yeah. So the first season, as we said, kind of struggles. You forgot we, Guinan. And Guinan, yeah, Whoopi Goldberg, recurring character Whoopi Goldberg as yeah. Guinan. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg, who wanted to be in the show because she was so inspired by Nichelle Nichols mm-hmm. on the original series, actually approached them and were like, "Please let me do this." Mm-hmm. And they, they finally were like, "Oh, you're, you're serious? Okay, yeah. you know." Yeah, it's kind of like how, um, oh, well, Eddie Murphy wanted to be in the Whales one, Star Trek Four. Yeah, it was originally yeah. written with Eddie Murphy in mind as the uh, and marine he, biologist. He turned it down for something, and he said it was the biggest mistake yeah. he ever made of his career. Yeah, at that point, I don't think he had made Pluto Nash. Yeah, that's <laughs> so. true. That was pre-Pluto Nash. Um, so the first season does struggle a little bit, and then mm-hmm. season two, we, oh, slept, you know, we didn't mention Wesley Crusher. We, I was about to say, Wesley Crusher, yeah. season one. Yep. Gosh, how did this show get a second season? I know. So much is focused on Wesley. It you is. You would think that it's a kid's show. I know. And maybe that's what they were thinking at times. Could be. I can't imagine that's what Gene Roddenberry was thinking. Yeah. But from, like, from what I've gotten, it seems like the original Star Trek was very big for kids. Yeah. And as was the, and it has that animated the series. Animated series so maybe seasons, they just yeah. thought like needing, you needed kid stuff yeah. in the DNA of a Star Trek show for it yeah. to work. Crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Because he sucks. <laughs> he, he is a pretty bad character. And when we were, uh, we interviewed Mel Gilden a few episodes back uh-huh. here, talked about his Star Trek work. And I also interviewed him for the 902 and Here We Go podcast. Mm-hmm. And on that interview, um, he brought up his book, uh, Boogeyman. We were talking about this. And he said that he always thought uh, that, that Wesley Crusher was had the potential to be a good character and was written poorly. So yeah. in the book Boogeyman, he tries to make Wesley an yeah. actual like 
good character. Yeah. And he succeeds. But again, it's about that's, Wesley. That's so. something where if like, hey, write a Star Trek Next Generation book, I'd be like, okay. And Wesley's off at school yeah, this Yeah, pretty week. much. Pretty <laughs> he much. would be written out every time. Wesley's a regular through for the yeah. first four seasons. Can mm-hmm. you believe that? And then he shows up in seasons yeah. five and seven. No, I know. We're past. He, he's gone now okay. since we, we were there. So long. And his last episode's bad. Yeah. Uh, all right. So you don't. It's funny because you always talk about how it doesn't have like the big three. But yeah. as a kid, I always just assumed the big three was Picard, Riker, and Data. That's but fair. I guess that's a preference thing, that's depending fair. on how you feel about characters. Yeah. Maybe other people see Deanna Troy as in the, the Trinity. Maybe yeah. it's a Troy... Uh, I just don't uh, think... I, I think Riker with the Picard. original series, I mean, you can't get away from that, mm-hmm. that trio. Yeah. And in Next Gen, it really... The trio sort of... Beca- even if you, if you even mm-hmm. have a traditional like trio... Mm-hmm. It really fluctuates based on the needs of the episode, which I think is good. I yeah, think that's a good you would say the needs of the episode outweigh yes. the needs of the yes. <laughs> trio. Um, for me personally, like in my fiction and whatnot, I like ensemble cast. Yeah, that's why I'm a like a big fan of the X Men and why I find like the Fantastic Four to be so limiting. So like Next Gen having an ensemble cast, I I like because it just gives you the ability to do a lot more with uh, certain characters or character interactions. I like all that stuff. So that's one okay. of the things I like more about Generations mm-hmm. over Next Gen. Okay. Um, so I never watched the old show, the original yeah. show. Uh, yeah, I. T- mm-hmm. It wasn't until like more recently that I actually like did a sit down mm-hmm. and watch start to finish everything because I I'd seen most episodes, but I don't think I'd ever really like sat down and gone mm-hmm. step by step in the original series. But do you have a favorite character in the Next Generation? Data. Data. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Why do you like Data? Uh, well, as a kid, I Android definitely understood he was human. a robot. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I just always, I, I just always found that fascinating. And uh, there's, there's that one data episode where Lore's there. I know you hate Lore. I'm not a fan of Lore. Uh, but also his creator is there. Yeah. And Brett Spinner, Spiner, Spiner is yeah. playing all three of yeah. them. I can't remember what it's called. Mm, not I, Data's Day. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I really, I like that episode. Um, I think. A lot like when I watch it now, I'm like, oh, Data's kind of silly with the whole like processing. Yeah, processing. That's only season one. Yeah, he knocks that off. But as a kid, like I was just like, so he's a robot when he wants to be human. Yeah. Gosh. Well, it's <laughs> funny because it's sort of like the anti-Spock, you know, where yeah. Spock's whole thing is wanting to be less human. Mm-hmm. And they have yeah. when and when Spock eventually guest stars on Next Gen. Yeah. He and Data have a scene where they kind of acknowledge that. Yeah. You know that they're they're opposites in yeah. that way. Um, me- other memories of Next Gen that aren't now. My mom had a huge crush on Riker. Mm. Particularly bearded Riker. Oh sure, yeah. Nobody that, likes unbearded that, Riker. <laughs> yeah. um, I guess except for Gene Siskel because he loves insurrection. <laughs> that's true. Uh, yeah. There you go. Okay. Um, I you know I I would probably say I mean I think Picard is a great character. I think he's I think he's a good captain. Yeah. I think if I had to pick a favorite character, it's hard. Um, but I would probably lean towards Riker. Yeah. I think I think he just has the most. He's old school times going on. Yeah, he is. He'll punch somebody. He's just in so many different situations. Yeah. And I think his relationship with Picard mm-hmm. is really key. And it's not like the the super chummy relationship you have in the original series. Picard? It really it really changes over the course of the show. But it's right. a non traditional friendship. I Picard think. is great, but like the writers sometimes forget why people like him, and then yeah. just try to like. Like uh, generations, where yeah. like he gets, he's shown like his greatest fantasy. Like the yeah. if he could have anything, what would it be? And it would be like have an old styled British family yeah. with a bunch of like children in their bonnets listening to him tell a Christmas story by the fireplace. And it just, it just doesn't seem like that's the Picard thing. I, I don't know. It 
And then, like, the lack of understanding with the whole, like, Crusher Picard thing. Like, they know yeah. they have something right. and that they have chemistry, and we, the audience, like to see that. But everything, every, none of the movies ever address it. No, they don't. So I, stupid. I really feel like, and maybe, maybe the new series is going to address some of these things, but I think the two biggest flaws in, in the Picard character's arc is that he never has a child, mm-hmm. and that is such a thing. And nothing ever resolves with Beverly. Not even like, a, well, I guess we just won't do this. It's just sort of, I mean, why not? Why not just resolve that? It's crazy. Wow. Yeah, It's absolutely it's crazy. Um, so I, I would probably have to give it to Riker as my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really like Deanna Troy. Mm-hmm. I sort of feel like she's my sentimental favorite. And I think mm-hmm. that's largely because of the books. Uh, because the books give her a much more like nuanced yeah. thing rather yeah. than her just saying like, Oh, this person who is clearly furious. I think he's mad. Yeah. I, think I he's sense mad. you want a pair. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you have pairs? No. <laughs> but I'm just getting a <laughs> Poor Deanna though is really like tossed through the ringer. I feel like in the first several seasons they're like, We need someone to have some sort of trauma. Yeah. Let's have let's have Troy mm-hmm. handle that. Okay. Um I feel like and this this is where maybe we'll get I'll get in trouble a little bit. Because I think in some ways next gen um doesn't age so well. It, it I don't know that it has the same, like, when you watch it, it feels very much like you're watching a show of, like, the 80s, 90s. Like, it, the, mm. the sort of, um, it's so earnest. Like, it's just so, so earnest. It's rarely tongue-in-cheek, you know? I, I Sometimes I just, I don't know how well that ages. What do you think? Uh, yeah, it's a little, it's a little bit slower since they're, uh, they're from the 80s. So, uh, and they're an hour long. Sometimes the episodes can feel a little draggy. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes when it's on, it's on. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, um, it has some really amazing episodes. But yes, they're they're especially like I mean the first season is horrible. Yeah. But there are there are times like boy, still uh thirty minutes yeah. in, huh? Yeah. Um, but you know I don't know how. Sometimes I do up. I do feel like it it trips over itself trying to get across its like moral. Mm. You know, like it has this is this is the essence. This is the like. If you distill it down, this is what we want to come across. And sometimes I feel like that maybe jockeys for right. position with what's most important mm-hmm. uh, as far as like structure of the episode. Right. And where I feel like the original series, because it's in the '60s, because it like it lands where it lands, and, and it has had the benefit of 50 plus years, that it has more of a, a timeless feel at this point than I think the next gen does. I think another show probably would be like Enterprise, which doesn't really age well because it feels, again, it feels so set in mm-hmm. like the year 2000 or whatever. Right. Um, not that I think that Next Gen and Enterprise are like on the same mm-hmm. level or anything. Mm-hmm. But well, you um, dig this space hole. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you know what I'm saying, though. It, it doesn't always. You're not going to give me anything. I'm not going to give you anything comparing Next Gen to Enterprise. I'm not comparing it to Enterprise. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just using Enterprise I'm as an s- example. I'm saying for Enterprise has the problem of being stuck in the 2000s. Mm-hmm. And I think when Next Gen is not firing in all mm-hmm. cylinders. You know what the 2000s it feels felt like? very much like a show in 1991. Yeah. In the 2000s. We were like, boy, it feels like we are stuck with Enterprise. Yeah. Though, you know, to be fair, my mom really likes Enterprise. So. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what are you going to do? Like, my mom's the Star Trek fan. Okay. She's the Star Trek fan in my family. I don't know if you can totally tell, but uh, Star Trek in general is not my, like, franchise. Yeah. Like, I like Next Gen, mm-hmm. and I like Star Trek, mm-hmm. but it's obviously I haven't seen all the episodes, mm-hmm. but I come from a family of G- Star Trek fans, yeah. of the original Star Trek and then like all the way through of like my mom and her siblings all big Star Trek fans. I feel like one one of the things where where Next Gen is 
maybe the most successful of all Star Trek is that it the ensemble is very relatable. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many there's so many relationships to explore there, and I feel like more than any other other Star Trek series, like mm-hmm. they're the deepness of those characters' connections, I think, mm-hmm. is really... You can kind of put them anywhere and you mm-hmm. still are interested in those characters and you still are... There's still things to explore in all mm-hmm. of those relationships. Well, it's very complex in that way. I mean, also to a lot of people, Next Generation just is Star Trek. Yeah. And also, I mean, Next Gen... I mean, it's it's crazy to think that it had seven seasons of its own, but also then... I mean, you got Deep Space Nine and Voyager. Yeah. I mean, it was what, like 20 years? There was always a Star Trek show yeah. on TV because Next Gen was able to bring it back. And yeah. considering that the first series, you know, was canceled after yeah. only three seasons, that yeah. seems like a. It's kind of crazy because, like, you see something like the new Blade Runner. It's like, let's make a big budget sequel to a cult film that nobody saw in theaters, and then it bombs, and people are like, but why? Mm-hmm. But then, you know, you have something like Star Trek Next Generation, like, let's also make a yeah. show to a show that didn't, uh, you know, that we didn't keep on the air, and then, it's, you know, a big hit. Yeah. It's uh, it's kind of shocking. That's so. the thing I think you got to give Next Gen its yeah. due, because you're right. I think probably for the majority mm-hmm. of people out there, like, it, maybe, they're, maybe they are, from, like, if they had to name a Star Trek character, yeah. they may more likely say Kirk or than Spock. Picard. Yeah, Kirk yeah. or Spock. But I think, like, you're right. Next Gen is the one... Next Gen is the reason why we still have Star Trek today. Mm-hmm. I think more than the original series. Mm. I think Next Gen is, is really the thing. That it was, was the 80s. Like, yeah. I mean, with the move, with the original crew movies and the Next Gen thing, people were like, oh, wait, people do like Star yeah, Trek. But I just kind of wonder if they hadn't decided to make the next generation and Star Trek VI happened, I think it's pretty likely that that would have been that it. That would have been it. That the, just the, six Star Trek movies and then you're done. And yeah. yeah. I, I really think that would have done it. So yeah. I, I think you're absolutely yeah. right that it's too Next bad. Gen is the, it's too it's the linchpin. Yeah. You know? It's too bad, but it also makes sense that Next Generation doesn't have any good movies because yes. it's a crew oh and a gosh. style of Star Trek that doesn't uh, lend itself well to an action film. Yeah. Even though it's funny because First Contact's their best one, and yeah. it's definitely the action oh, one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but I, I, I really like First Contact. That's probably like my second favorite Star Trek movie. Yeah. First Contact's a lot of fun. It is. But outside of that, I mean, Generations, <laughs> which changed yeah. your life, I mean, completely... <laughs> But then Insurrection and Nemesis, they're just like, they're just hard to watch. Generations, I mean, we've talked about it so much, yeah. but the, the next gen stuff really does, to me, feel like a subpar episode. I think I think the stuff with, with Kirk, and particularly the Kirk Picard scenes, I think are very compelling and very good, but it does not serve the next gen well. Um, First Contact is... It's such a departure. Yeah. I mean, it feels like it's nothing It's a zombie else. film. It's fisticuffs. Yeah. I mean, uh, Picard's like, fighting the board oh, with yeah. a wrench yeah it's sudden, suddenly like picard is john mcclain yeah. in that movie like, yeah it's, it's basically diehard star is. trek it is diehard star trek so and it's, yeah i mean it's the reason why it's so much fun and why yeah. it's so popular i i don't know like i don't know that i would really pick that as like this is what the next generation is because it's so it's such a d- divergence but right. again i mean i think it landed just at the right time i tell you what it's it's the good kind of 90s yeah, sci-fi oh yeah. movie, yeah. whereas Insurrection is like the bad kind it of sci-fi movie. It fully succeeds as, as a, a 90s yeah. action flick. Yeah, absolutely. It's good stuff. Insurrection, again, is more like I think it would have made a fine episode, but I just don't yeah. think there's really enough there. To yeah, that's it. the thing. Like First Contact feels like a movie, yeah. and Insurrection feels like a, oh, we have this script left over yeah. that we didn't use for season eight. Right. So. Yep. Exactly. Nemesis, I have a weird relationship with Nemesis. I feel like I change my mind on how I feel about Nemesis every time I've watched it. It has some moments. It does. But 
It's also just such a downer. It is. I would say great. <laughs> of the four movies, Nemesis oh, no. to me is the one that feels the most cinematic. Like it feels yeah. the most like it's a like two thousand two. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I, it does have a, a certain a certain like grandiose to it that I think works as a mm-hmm. movie. I think a lot of the problems with that is the directing. Mm. You know, you hire some. You have Frakes for the Jonathan Frakes, who played yeah. Will Riker for the for the previous two movies. And then you bring in somebody new who has no familiarity with the crew, right. doesn't care about this franchise, right. and is the one who like closes the door on the next generation. Yeah. Is this madness? And mm-hmm. so, like a lot of the things you really want, like character resolutions, Picard and Beverly, that sort of thing. No, I think somebody who was invested in those characters would have pulled yeah. those out. Whereas it feels more standalone in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. and it feels more cold. Again, Mom, who's a big Next Gen fan yeah. uh, and Star Trek fan in general, was not a big fan of yeah. uh, the last one. Well, she I was think, pretty upset. Yeah, I think most it. people would share yeah. that. I think in time, and especially since we're going to be revisiting the characters in Picard, and mm-hmm. it's not, it's not the like the end cap that we all have thought it was for mm-hmm. the last fifteen plus years. You know. Yeah. Um, I do think I do think there's. I don't think it's a bad movie. How about that? Oh. You think it's bad? Yeah, I don't really like it. Okay. So That's fair. Let's talk about some favorite episodes. Okay. Um you already mentioned cause and effect. That's definitely I remember watching that list. as a kid. Yeah. So do you have you. do you have some favorite episodes you want to mention? That I've seen? Goodness. Uh well, then I'll go. Q I like Q episodes okay. in general. Yeah. Like I can't name a specific but anytime he's there, even if it's not a good episode, I'm yeah. still being entertained by a Q performance. Yeah. So John Delancey leaves it all on the table. He, I mean, he 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 cracks me up in all the right ways, yeah. which are this like he presses all the right buttons to make me laugh, yeah. which are the same buttons to make Kendra, my wife, just not an entertainer. She's so she hates Q. And Q only he's only in one episode of Deep Space yeah. Nine and multi- oh, yeah. multiples of Voyager. Yeah. He, he works well on Voyager too. Yeah. But yeah, Q. There's there's the Picard episode where he goes on the vacation. It's kind of like Indiana Jones, yeah. and it's silly, but like there's, it's kind of funny because he like meets a girl and has like a one night stand yeah. and all this adventure. It's just kind of like, but when you put Picard in that position, it's just it's just yeah. so silly. Um, tapestry is on my list for favorite episodes. Which was tapestry. Do you remember Tapestry? Tapestry is where Picard is injured, and because he has a, a false heart, like. The 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 injuries kill him, mm-hmm. and so Q basically shows up and says like, if you didn't have that false heart, then you would have lived. Mm-hmm. And so he takes him back to his academy days and basically gives him a chance to ah. not be brash and start this fight that has him losing his heart in, right. in his academy days. And so, or not mm. academy, but his early in his career. Right. And uh, it's just a great episode because yeah. you see a very different side of Picard. And then you jump into he jumps back into the regular timeline where mm-hmm. he didn't make these bold decisions as a kid, basically. Yeah. And he's just like a dumpy astrophysics <laughs> lieutenant. Right. And Riker's like, I don't think you really have what it takes. Yeah. It's just it's a great episode. I love the, it. The um the Bor- the first like Borg two parter. Yeah. It's pretty good. Best of both worlds. Yeah. 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 That's that's pretty intense. Oh yeah. Again, I like the data episode with uh where he's playing all three characters. Yeah. That's a pretty good episode. I remember the title of that. Somebody's gonna yell at us. Yeah. And- Somewhere and tell us. Yeah. Um. One of an early episode that I love and is one of the ones that people don't like is the Royale. Are you familiar with this one? I can't Riker remember. and Worf and Data uh, beam down to this planet because they sense they they scan some sort of like NASA tech, and they're they when they beam down they're in basically an old like 1950s hotel or probably 1970s really hotel. Okay. And they're just trapped in this scenario. And they don't know what's going on. I don't remember. I don't know if this is as early as you think it is. Then it's season two. Really? I don't remember this episode. It's season two. Yeah, they're stuck in this hotel called mm-hmm. the Royale, 
and they later learn that that somebody had found like an old cheesy uh, novel and mm. the whatever technology or whatever like beings come across this mm-hmm. create this scenario for the mm-hmm. astronauts who were trapped there so they'd have something familiar but then they get stuck in it and they don't know how to break it mm-hmm. um, i love it i th- oh, yeah. just think it's a great episode so that's the yeah. real do you have a favorite o'brien episode i don't No. no I I, really he's a bigger don't. character in deep space nine you know what Actually, I don't. I think it's called Disaster. Maybe mm-hmm. it's one where Deanna, uh, Rolaren, and mm-hmm. uh, Miles O'Brien are trapped on the bridge, mm-hmm. and Deanna has to sort of assume command because she's the highest rank. Mm-hmm. And so it's like her and O'Brien. Tell you what, the That's episode where Tasha Yar dies and does the whole like skin speech, of evil, yes. the the speech yes. at, on her hologram. I don't think I've ever wanted to tear my skin off and scream for so long. That I, speech goes on for eighty minutes. I don't think that. I don't think that the acting. Is very Lieutenant strong. Riker. Ever. You rock. Oh, Does she say you rock? She says you rock. Maybe it wasn't about oh, Riker, but it's about somebody That's else. That's awful. So, uh, yeah. Do you, you don't like lore? I don't like lore. You don't like no. the Borg? I do like the Borg. But not on Next Gen. Yeah, I mean, I like Iborg okay. with Hugh. Oh, yeah. I like that character. He's mm-hmm. he's in both uh, Iborg and uh, the two. What about Descendants? Descent, yeah. where uh, Descent with Lore yeah. and the Borg. Yeah, yeah. I just don't like Lore, <laughs> and I feel like Data is so out of character in that. But anyway, um, Barclay? I'll tell you, I'll tell Barclay? you, Barkley. Yeah, yeah. Barkley is uh, he? He's in First Contact, and he's in a um, couple episodes of Next Gen. Weirdly, he's in more episodes of Voyager, but he's in he's an engineering lieutenant who's just. Like he's he's afraid of the transporter. He oh, he can't right. get anything done. He becomes obsessed with the holodeck. Mm-hmm. You know all that sort of stuff. And so he and Deanna are paired together mm-hmm. quite often. Okay. Um, yeah, he's a pretty fun character. Deanna's mom. What? Deanna's mom. Walks on a Troy. Yeah. Do you like her? Not particularly. She, she kind of cracks me. up. I mean, yeah. She 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 sells it. She I, definitely sells it's, it's, it. It's always so stupid. But <laughs> whenever she's like Picard. Yeah. What naughty thoughts? Yeah. He's like, well, I, I yeah. never. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. You're right. That, that cracks me up. Um, yeah. Yesterday's Enterprise. That's that's usually on lists of some of the best ones. But this is where some time anomaly happens, and mm-hmm. the Enterprise C gets pulled away, so it's mm-hmm. not able to help the Klingons, and then that leads to this war. Yeah. And so you jump to the whole crew, basically in a war mm-hmm. scenario. And Guinan's the only one who realizes that time has changed, mm-hmm. and Tasha is there still, and right. there's a whole thing where they have to sort of put the Enterprise C back. Mm-hmm. That's a great episode. Wasn't there one with Tasha's sister, it. but it was also played by her? There is one with Tasha's sister, but it's not played okay. by her. But you might be thinking of that actress, Denise Crosby, comes back as Tasha's daughter, who's half Romulan, in the later seasons. Like, she's in Unification when Spock shows huh. up. Interesting. It's not good. Oh, okay. She's never good. <laughs> uh, um, I love Sarek, uh, who is Sarek is Spock's father, mm-hmm. he, as you know, yeah. I'm sure. There's an episode where he comes to do a... Um, he comes to do a uh, a peace talk, basically, but mm-hmm. he's suffering from this syndrome. So Picard has to basically do a mind meld and take all of oh, those yeah, emotions. Yeah. It's a, some amazing acting from Patrick Stewart. Yeah. That's the thing about Next Gen. I mean, Patrick Stewart. Because he, he does that whole thing like, Spock, yeah. my son. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but, I mean, there's that. There's there's family where he goes back after the Borg thing and mm-hmm. has the whole thing with his oh, brother. Oh, yeah, with his brother, and they like fight in the mud and everything. Yeah, there's, the inner, wine there's the inner light where he experiences yeah. this whole lifetime. What? Man, I don't think I've watched command. it. Yet. where he's tortured with the episode where he's like sucking an elevator with kids yeah i hear my my uncle was telling me that's like a hilarious one yeah so because yeah. he just he doesn't like kids it's not bad that's the, like one with, that's the one with deanna and and uh that's the one with deanna and miles and roe on on the bridge uh, okay picard's like stuck yeah. in an elevator yep. yeah 
Um, what else? Well, cause and effect, as we mentioned. Yeah. I also really like Relics. That's the one with Scotty from uh, the original series. And I think that's the most successful like original Scotty series. Episode. <laughs> yeah. Just anytime they've had the original. Like, I think Unification with Spock is kind of a letdown. Mm. And, yeah, that's uh, what I hear. So we haven't gotten to that one yet. Relics, I think, is pretty cool with, with Scotty. Tapestry, yeah. as I mentioned. One mm-hmm. of my all-time favorites is a Worf episode, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Worf comes back from this tournament, and things around him keep changing. He keeps like popping into different mm. universes, but he's the only one who notices. I love episodes like it that. It was so disconcerting to start watching Next Gen as like a young adult, adult uh, versus when I was a kid, because I always thought Worf was so scary and tough. Yeah. And then you watch him, and it's like, oh, yeah. Any, anybody can really take Drink down Worf. Prune juice. And, it's one of yeah. those things where it's like, to show somebody's tough, you have them take down Worf, but that means everybody's tough, and Worf is not <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> every episode. Right. So, yeah. Uh, finally, for favorite episodes, All Good Things, which is the finale. The finale. I think it's an excellent episode. And again, yeah. great acting by Picard. Yeah. The thing that the things that um, you know, even though I'm I'm critical of some of its more like '80s '90s tropes, I think the thing that makes this series um, have the staying power and the and the um, you know the deep emotional connection that people have to it is is the characters and the acting, and I think particularly Patrick Stewart mm-hmm. is just an amazing actor. Yeah, you know, I mean, he brings that to this. He brings it to the X Men franchise. Anything he's in, I feel like is made better. Did by we just segue into an X Men spotlight? No, uh. but anytime you want, <laughs> we could do that. Yeah, um, and so I think it's I think it's great that uh, that we're going to be revisiting him. It's crazy to think that Patrick Stewart's legs in Aphrodite uh, throughout the years, with him having to be in the chair for Next Gen yeah. and then in the chair for X Men. That's true. Just like there, there must have been times like, yeah. get me a role where I'm running. He wants give to me a running role. Run. Yep. Yeah. I mean, he did get to move on Next Gen. A little recall. bit. Yeah. He wasn't a always bit. In the yeah. Chair. He doesn't get to dance, does he? Yeah. Did he ever dance? What's your, so is Next Gen your favorite Star Trek series? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. All right. Um, here's some of the, here's some of my favorite next gen books. But so I, yeah, I like the original Star Trek movies more. Yeah. That's how I kind of so. am with Voyager and the original movies. It's, it's a, it's mm. a real toss up. Yeah. Um, so I, I've picked a couple of books here that are Picard centric that I think are some of my favorite of the, of the next gen books. Uh, so I'll just run through them real quickly. The Valiant by Michael Jan Friedman. So this is actually set when Picard's a lieutenant and is a really good like character piece for Picard. Um, the next one would be The Buried Age by Christopher oh. L. Bennett. This is one that, again, is set about 10 years before Next Gen starts. So you see a younger Picard on mm. the Stargazer. <laughs> just, just a really good book. The the funniest like Next Gen book I ever saw was in your house. And it was like a young Picard. Maybe it was even yeah. called that. Yeah. And it, the, t- the little subtitle says, Will Captain Picard's f- first mission be his last? Yeah. And you're just like, no. Probably not. Probably not. It probably won't be. Um, another one that I think is really interesting is Captain's Honor by our friend David Dvorkin. So you can go back and uh, listen to our interview with David Dvorkin, but basically this is a really good, it's really, it's centered on Picard and Riker and how they're interacting with this other Captain Sejanus. And uh, it's just, it's a good character piece and it's a very atypical Star Trek book. Um, so it might, might be a good entry point there. Um, there's a whole series set between Insurrection and Nemesis, and they're all a time to dot, dot, dot. Does Next Gen have like an author who's done the most? Am I wrong to think Kevin J. Anderson there? Yes, you okay. are. I don't well, think Kevin J. Anderson's done Star Trek. Oh, then who am um, I thinking of? Michael Jan Friedman has done a ton okay. of these. Um, there, there's quite a few. He, Michael Jan Friedman wrote the whole like Stargazer series mm-hmm. and all that. Um, Listen, my goal is to finish Next Gen yeah. with my wife, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to watch Deep Space Nine on my own because okay. I don't think she'd care for it. But okay. then we're going to make her watch Voyager, mm-hmm. if that helps. That's cool. Because yeah. I know you love Voyager. Yeah. And then Picard is actually in the pilot of Deep Space Nine. 
Fun, huh? Oh, uh, yeah. Like, Forrest Kelly was in the pilot of... That's right. And Quark is in the Voyager pilot. Is that true? Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then Seven of Nine is an Enterprise, but it doesn't make any no, sense. No, it's Zephyrin Cochran from First Contact is an yeah. Enterprise. Oh. Uh, what are you going to do? Okay. Uh, so the whole A Time To series is pretty good, but A Time To Be Born is where it starts. That's by John Vornholm. What's those one Follows, book series uh, that you that Picard. you love? That is it Titan? Oh, Titan. The Riker series Titan or something? follows Will Riker, but I don't love that series. Oh, you just read a lot of it. I have read a lot <laughs> okay. of it. Because that, that was like early on, like the first episodes of this podcast, you were always reading like a new Titan Well, book. there was a turning point where I had always sort of lamented that Star Wars got to have this cool interconnected universe yeah. and next gen everything, all Star Trek was just episodic. Mm-hmm. And then the post like Star Trek Nemesis books all mm-hmm. became like one thing. Right. And then it was really hard to follow and mm. made it so I couldn't just pick up a book. So <laughs> I sort of... <laughs> Yeah. Be careful what you wish for. Yeah, that monkey paw was not the gift you thought it would there be. There are some cool Titan books, okay. but as a whole, I don't particularly right. enjoy the series. Death in Winter by Michael mm-hmm. Jan Friedman. Uh, it's sort of right after Nemesis, mm-hmm. and it's a really good Picard-Beverly story. Mm-hmm. And finally, Resistance by J.M. Dillard is a, is a Borg story uh, that's very good. Is there Several of these we have in our collection. Is there a book right now if somebody's like, hey, I want to watch Picard, but I haven't watched Next Gen. Give me a book. Hmm. Just to sum up Picard as a whole. Yeah. Boy, that would be hard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in some ways, I feel like maybe Death in Winter, just because it's uh, it's set after Nemesis and sort of mm-hmm. resets Picard uh, for like the next era. Right. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of a weird one to say mm-hmm. to start with. But if you're looking at going into Picard, I think that might be a decent place because mm-hmm. it's, it's the, picking up after. The comic for the original, for the reboot Star Trek, the 2009 Star Trek, yeah. deals with Picard yeah. and uh, has Geordi and Data yeah. and everything. So I wonder if that's actually going to be important. I wonder how closely they're going to stick to that because yeah. it is the whole prelude to the J.J. Abrams reboot movie is set in Next Generation. Yeah. And that comic... Uh, is a is a great story, um, so yeah. I don't know how I don't yeah. know how much they're going to stick to that because the um, the destruction of Romulus is a pretty key yeah. part of Picard. Are you excited for Picard? I am. Yeah, I'm nervous about it. Are you, you know, a fan because like, of Seven of Nine? Is that why you're excited? I was very. I mean, I think it's. Here's the thing with Seven of Nine. I think <laughs> Seven of Nine is a Voyager character. If you're not familiar, a former <laughs> Borg Voyager character. I think it shows a lot of like that they're they're respecting like the franchise by having seven of nine in there because realistically after Voyager you can't really tell a Borg story and not include seven of nine. Mm-hmm. But I think usually what happens on T V is that you just don't do that. Right. You know? So the fact that they that they went to that trouble of saying, Hey, we mm-hmm. need to have seven of nine in this and then actually getting her I think is a good yeah. indication that the series is in good yeah. hands. So also kinda of big to get uh I mean maybe he just wants the work, uh Brett Spiner because he just wanted, he was constantly be like, yeah. can you kill me I off know. in this movie, yeah. please? I'm not sure. I know, I'm, I've heard Jonathan Frakes and Marina Sirtis as Deanna Troy, mm-hmm. um, along with Brent Spiner, are going to be in it. But if I don't they don't know. bring Crusher in and have them get married, I know. I'm going to be livid. <laughs> I know. I know. So. All right. So what, yeah. what are your final thoughts? Or do on? you prefer the other doctor for season two, the next gen season two doctor, whatever her name is? She's like 80 years old. Dr. Pulaski. Yeah. Are you a Dr. Pulaski fan? I do like Dr. Pulaski. <gasps> I think that Dr. She... Pulaski is such a jerk. Here's the thing. Here's the thing with that, though, because with Next Generation, there was a yeah. big thing where there can be no internal conflict. Uh-huh. Like They can't be mad at each other or fight with each other or have right. any of that. So they're always, with very few exceptions, like on the same that page. That changes. It does. Once Ron and Barry gets a little hands off. It does. It, it does. 
But I think the nice thing about Pulaski in season two is that it does kind of shake up that, like, we're all best friends but, who deeply respect but each other. But the person, she's not even, like, just disagreeing with Data. She's like, you are a toaster? Yeah. I want to make toast with you. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's all you're good for. Mm-hmm. You're, And it's yeah. just like... I think her treatment of Data, like the way they wrote her interactions with Data, I yeah. think that's what it's, killed that character. It's not even just like she's a disagreeable. She's just like bullies. This robot is like, I would like to try to be human. She's like, well, good luck because yeah. you're stupid yeah. and this table has more personality yeah. than you and I hate this table. That's only season two. Yeah. If you don't want to <laughs> deal with that, that's yeah, just that's uh, that's season two. Do you think two. she'll be back? Oh, I don't. Mm. I don't think she's dead. Oh. No, no I don't think she's dead. She was dead. the voice of uh, Dr... Uh, the Batman Doctor Lady, Liz Liz, Th- Liz Tompkins. Oh, okay. Uh, on the animated series, that's cool. But that's because they made Liz Tompkins like eighty years old. Leslie Tompkins. Leslie Tompkins. Okay. Sorry, I'm calling her Liz Tompkins. Yeah, that's, Liz I, is not short for Leslie. But what? It's short for Elizabeth. What? Yeah. What? <laughs> huh. All right. In Gotham, they call that character Lee. Lee. Yeah. That's what I'm missing. Anyway. anyway. Um, so let's don't you school me on I'm Gotham. Sorry, I've seen all five seasons. Where's our Gotham spotlight? So in conclusion, mm-hmm. what are your feelings on the next generation? I like next generation. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it kills me that we haven't watched it all the way through, but like you said, there is some like pacing and, uh, dated issues, mm-hmm. uh, with it that makes it a little bit harder to just put on and just watch all the time. But I like next gen and I'll probably never not like next gen. Yeah. Uh, I'll probably never rewatch the first season now yeah. that I finally have watched the whole thing. Um, but I like that. I like First Contact. I like the characters. Uh, I mean, it's, yeah, that would be my Star Trek, yeah. the next-gen crew. So it's the one I have the warmest memories for. Okay. So Yeah, I, and I think, I think you're right that that's true of probably most uh, now, wouldn't you say? I mean, I think most people. Yeah, though, the more we talk to some people, the more I hear Voyager really? these days. Yeah. Deep you know Space what it Nine is, has too? a very passionate fan base as yeah, well. Yeah, that, that as well. So, um and uh, I hope Picard does well. I, I do too. It, it kind of blows my mind that this is only the first show since Voyager ended to deal with like that universe, yeah. the post Nemesis timeline. It's crazy, it but really hopefully, uh, yeah. Time timeline wise, Nemesis mm-hmm. is the last thing we see. It's it drives me crazy that that wasn't what Discovery was. Mm. That it could have just done everything that it was doing in its like first season. Yes. And just had Absolutely. done that, and probably been more s- satisfying to some yes. people no out question. of a gate. No question. Um, I still, even though I've kind of come around mm-hmm. on Discovery with the way they've handled mm-hmm. some things, I still think it's a mistake to put it where they put it. Yeah, I think it ties. So hands. I'm hoping Picard leads the way to like a new original Star Trek that's set, yeah, like in this time and not. Well, I think e- even though I love the original movies and I even mm-hmm. enjoyed two out of three of the JJ movies, I mm-hmm. I think that Star Trek is better suited for like long term storytelling yeah. rather than movies. So well, it just means you can have guest stars because yeah. I mean, like, look, Picard, everybody's excited to see seven and nine for Picard. Yeah. You can't. But were you super excited when like we've recast Spock for a third time? No. But I was really excited when Janeway showed up in Nemesis. Yes. <laughs> you get all the fun aside. But, you know, again, I, I do think Star Trek's yeah. better served that way, and I would much rather see, like, a new mm-hmm. modern, you know, set in the in the post-Nemesis yeah. era What's a good Janeway series. quote? What's your Janeway quote? Get off my ship. No, the other Sometimes one. Sometimes you have to punch your way through. That's, that's it. Uh, <laughs> any good next-gen video games that you oh. ever played? I know Picard shows up in uh, one of the games that you like to play. Yeah, Star Trek Elite Force 2 is set on the Enterprise. Yeah, so he's like given the assignments, right? Yeah, yeah. you don't have it. It's like Picard and Barkley, who we mentioned earlier, right. and Tuvok. Is Barkley the dog? 
Barkley's not the That's going to be in Picard? No. That's he different. should be. That's different. <laughs> so, yeah, Elite Force 2 is pretty mm-hmm. good. Um, there hasn't. I don't feel like there's been a ton of really good Star Trek no, video games. No. It's like... Same thing like uh, movies. Generation uh, Next Gen is not does not uh, lend itself well to video games. Though there was a Super Nintendo. Yeah, yeah. There so. is there's a PC game called Hidden Evil that's mm-hmm. that's set right around Insurrection mm-hmm. that I've always wanted to play, and it's mm-hmm. like impo- I don't know. You got to figure it out. Honestly, for me. I mean, probably the best if you want like a good Star Trek game, you should probably just play Mass Effect. <laughs> so is that, I don't get that reference. Well, just because it it kind of like would match that tone of like dealing with aliens and trying to get a peaceful solution. A lot of conversational uh, puzzles and elements. So, well, you know, speaking of video games, I mean, I haven't played a ton of this, but Star Trek online actually did go deeper into the future. Yeah. You do see things past that. That's true because you can, uh, you can play as Romulans and you're dealing with the fact that you don't have a planet anymore. Yeah. Yeah, You can go, you see some of the Voyager characters. I did play some Star Trek online for about a week. Yeah. It was fun. I think Elite Star Trek Voyager, Elite Force, and then Elite Force Two, which is set on yeah. the Enterprise, are really yeah. the best Star Trek games okay. that are out there. Hmm. I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, for me with Next Gen, like even though I have like criticisms and things that I mm-hmm. like more than other things, mm-hmm. I don't really have anything bad to say about it because yeah. it's you know you it's the one that kept the lights on. It's the one that I think has the most emotional resonance for the most people. I think it's why we still have Star Trek today. And it's the one where sometimes. Uh, they were hanging out with Robin Hood. That's true. That's true. <laughs> the characters are great. That's yeah. the thing. The characters, I feel like even in a bad episode, the characters and their relationships can can kind of get you through. There's some bad episodes where I don't think that's true, but... <laughs> yeah, you might be right. <laughs> There's some... That first season, again. Huh. Are you going to be watching Picard, or are you going to wait until you finish Next so Gen? So I told Kendra, we can't watch Picard because we haven't finished Next Gen, and she hasn't seen Voyager. Yeah. And her response was like, or... We just watch Picard. Mm. So I don't think yeah. she cares. That's she true. tells me she knows who 7 to 9 is. Okay. I don't know. She's a crazy person. You could watch a few. I mean, I could hook you up with a few good Voyager episodes <laughs> if she wants to know who 7 or 9 is. Um, yeah. See, also, I watched Voyager when it was happening. So I saw the 7 of 9 stuff as it was happening. Are you the real Star Trek fan here? No, it was just my mom is again. Okay. So like she was watching it while I was like on the computer or something because mm-hmm. we only had one TV in the living room. Mm-hmm. So it was just like that kind of thing. I don't think we ever really watched Deep Space Nine. And Enterprise was never on. Okay. So it was Next Gen and Voyager that I saw hmm. like on TV. Okay. But yeah. All right. Yeah. This has been our Star Wars spotlight. No. Over Star Wars. Neither one of us said the wrong thing this time. No, I know. We it's because we weren't interviewing anybody and we true. weren't under <laughs> Star Trek the whole way. Well, again, you can go back to soundcloud.com slash all the books. Look at episode 48 where we talk about Star Trek in general. Look at all of our uh, Star Trek related author interviews. Um, you you can find that again soundcloud.com so slash all the books you can yeah. find it there alright well I enjoyed the Star Trek uh, spotlight that we did here today Eric thanks for being game thanks man <laughs> hey uh, you're yeah. talking to the real next gen fan I, I know even though I haven't seen all the episodes Understood. I had a kite mm-hmm. as a kid mm-hmm. a next generation kite <laughs> yeah you did <laughs> at the beach Listen, uh, before we close up shop I mean I just have to say the acting is so good in in next generation, mm-hmm. I think even when, even when the material lets them down, you <laughs> right. know, like Lavar Burton has some really great moments. Yeah, I mean he's he's um, roots and other things. He's a great actor anyway. Mm-hmm. But I just think you have a lot of talent in that episode. Yeah. in in that series, it gets overshadowed by the fact that it's you know genre. I think I think that oh, it often yeah. gets you know you don't you don't take it as seriously as you might. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's one of the benefits of someone like I Patrick think at the Stewart time though also Next Gen was just like it was huge cuz like you yeah. look at all like the guest stars they were getting like people just wanted to be yeah. on the Star Trek show that was going on. Yep. We got to we got to get out of this. 
We're we're in a cause and effect you're right, right now. You're right. Own. I know. Where's Kelsey? Every five Grammer? minutes, we're like, but here's the thing. He's gonna show up. <laughs> All right. Uh, you think we if we talk long enough, Kelsey Grammer will show up? He might. That'd be fun. He might. Yeah. Well, let's look at some library news. Our concerts are starting back up again. We have Alex Cole down in the auditorium. That's going to be on January 23rd. That's our first concert of the year. Mm-hmm. We've got some fun programming coming up in February, some historical lectures and other things like that. Book mm. Club is currently reading The Great Gatsby. We're going to be doing a series where we do uh, a classic and then a modern interpretation of that classic, so you can join us for that book club anytime you'd like. Then we've got tons of movies in the auditorium and lots of other things going on here at the library. Anything special you want to mention? We're doing a board game night here at the library. Yes. 18-year-old plus. Really? Oh. Is that the way to say it? Look, it's an adult board game club. Okay. Uh, I don't think you should call it an adult board <laughs> game club. It's a board game club for grown-ups. Okay, that's good. Uh, yeah, it's, that's... Not, it's not a kid's program. Yeah. Uh, so that can be fun. Bring your own games. Yeah, B-Y-O-G. Yeah. Bring your own games. Yeah, you can have or, food. Uh, well, in some of the games, there's food. Oh, okay. Place. Like Mousetrap, where you have to get the cheese? No, like... Because uh, it's not a kid's game. Like Sushi Go. Sushi Go. Uh, also, we're doing an adult anime night Yeah. Uh, on Monday. Uh-huh. Um, so, we're going to be watching Psycho Pass and Snow White with the Red Hair. Ooh. Uh, Psycho Pass is really cool. I've seen a few episodes, and okay. I'm excited to get through the so whole you're, thing. So, you're actually streaming episodes of a show, not just we, a movie. No, we got, the, uh, we got the Blu-rays. That's awesome. To watch them in high def. Nice. So, yeah, we're just going to be working our way through those. Then we have Teen Night on Wednesdays at uh, 5.30... And also, uh, we get, we're starting a bi-weekly art club for kids. Wow. So, I got some uh, like 8 by 10 canvases we're going to paint on for Busy the first Busy times night. here at the Daily yeah. Hub Public Library. Um, we also, I want to mention, too, for, for some library advocacy, mm-hmm. we have some special postcards that are uh, meant to, you just stop in, you fill one out, talk about how much you love your library, and then we send them on to uh, representatives uh, in, in government to just show how important library funding is. So um, real simple thing. You just stop in, fill out the postcard, and we send it for you. No worries. And it just mm. helps spread the word of, of the kinds of things that libraries can do because sometimes they forget. So we got to remind them. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't think we have anything set for the next episode. Yes, we do. We There's do. There's awards. That's right. That's right. They're called yes. the Youth, the youth Media. Media Awards. So we're going to have to get Kate back on the podcast for next week. You deliver that message I will. To I'll, ta- I'll talk to Kate about that. I also want to do a Green Arrow spotlight because Arrow's coming to a close in the coming weeks. So okay. do that and more. <laughs> All right. Yeah. That's going to do it for this week's episode of the All the Book Show. Thanks for tuning in, listening to us talk about Star Trek, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.